Mark chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Please join with me in prayer. O thou great maker and creator of all things, we come before thee this morning. We ask, O Lord, that thou would bless us As we hear thy word preached, we thank thee for the opportunity to sing praises unto thee, to meditate on thy glories, thy beauties, and thy excellencies. For of all that is, all that is created, thou art its creator. And all beauty which we see in creation is but a dim reflection of thy own beauties, thy own excellencies, thy own perfections. Lord, we ask that thy word would be blessed unto us as we hear it preached. Lord, that thou would help me Lord, let us see Jesus Let us cling to him more. Grant us faith, O Lord. We believe, help thou our unbelief. That we might learn to cherish not only thy word, its exposition, the reading of it, but him whom the word testifieth to. Let me thyself, our Lord Jesus, God, that we might know thee more, might see thee more, in all of thy beauty and power and grace. We lift these things up to you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. The title of the sermon this afternoon is Hearing with Profit. Dear congregation, in the time of the Reformation, for many hundreds of years prior to that, the word of God was not preached. And any homilies or sermons or expositions that were done from the Bible were done in Latin, a language which only the elite spoke, only the schoolmen and the theologians and the common person did not understand what was being said the reading of the scriptures, the hearing of any kind of explanation of it. It was truly a dark time. There were pockets, of course, of people that have always preached the gospel and translated portions of the scriptures into the languages of the people. But it was not until the Reformation that a widespread revival of interest in God's word and translating it, giving it to the common person, and preaching it, and singing it, was known. And we inherit that, and we take it for granted. 
They put a high premium on preaching. Because no one ever had heard this before in many, many, many years. It was novelty. And people were hungry for it. People were desirous for it. They longed to hear preaching. They longed to hear the word of God read and explained and exposited. And we have grown accustomed to it. Which in many ways is good. That we have that much exposure to it. We have that much access to good preaching. To exposition. To good books. And to the word of God itself. And almost any fathomable edition you can think of. Of a Bible. It exists. And it's now in our pockets at all times. Such was not always the case. And though it is a blessing that we have such an overflow of information, of exposition, of sound preaching, we must not grow so accustomed to it that we neglect it. We begin not to put in the necessary effort to benefit from it. And that's why we need to continually foster and cultivate the ability to hear the word of God read and preached with profit and not simply leave it where we heard it. And it is a skill. It is a skill that we must foster. So that is what we'll be speaking about this afternoon. Mark chapter 4, verses 23 through 25, the Lord Jesus says this, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Let's notice three things within our text this afternoon. First, a command. A command. Secondly, a proverb. A proverb, number two. Number three, a promise. A command, a proverb, a promise. First, a command. The Lord Jesus says, take heed what ye hear. So verse 24, take heed what ye hear. Previously, verse 23 said, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Seems like a strange turn of phrase, but it's very important. It's very important. If you have ears to hear, if you are enlightened to spiritual things, you are a spiritual person, you have the Holy Spirit within you, you are regenerate, then hear. Pay close attention. Use your ears well and to the best purpose. The purpose of your soul, the purpose of your life and glorifying God and enjoying Him forever. We can take heed to the way that we hear in a few different ways. Number one, we can hear with discrimination. We must hear with discrimination, shunning all false doctrine and embracing pure doctrine. We must know as we hear and we must pay attention as we hear to make sure this is false and I will not receive it and this is pure and good and I will receive it. And the purest doctrine comes from the scriptures, obviously. But we do have a tendency as Reformed people particular Baptists even, to get so caught up in the particulars of theology and confessions 
and the Puritans that we neglect our scriptures. And that's what the Reformation was all about. That's what the Puritans were all about, was pointing back to the scriptures. Ad fontes, back to the sources. Sola scriptura, scripture alone. So as we look to them, let us see where they're pointing to the scriptures. To the scriptures. And we will then be taught to hear with discrimination. The more our minds are saturated with the word of God, the more equipped we will be to discriminate between what is true and what is false. 1 John 4.1, the Apostle John says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. We must have our mind trained to discern. And listening, taking heed what we hear, helps us do that. Training ourselves to listen. Training ourselves to hear as we hear when God speaks. There is a hearing that is no hearing. And there is a hearing that is true hearing. As God speaks, we must listen. And as we hear preaching, we hear exposition. We have fellowship with one another. We conference with one another. And we meet other Christians and discuss things about the Lord. We must have a discerning eye. We must hear discerningly with discrimination. We must listen for the voice of our shepherd. As you read, as you listen to sermons online, as you listen to podcasts, listen for the voice of your shepherd. But specifically, in the Lord's Day service, as we hear preaching, listen for the voice of your shepherd. If you would turn with me to John chapter 10. The Gospel of John chapter 10. Verses 1 through 5, our Lord Jesus Christ says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Train your ear to hear your shepherd's voice, dear believer. Train your ear to hear your shepherd's voice. And as you hear it, truly hear it. Truly hear it. Seek to listen as he speaks. That brings us to the next way that we take heed to what we hear. Hear with discrimination. Also hear with attention. Really and earnestly listening. Really and earnestly hearing. As the good soil. Let us cultivate good heart soil. So when the seed of the word is sown, it may fall upon good soil. It has already been cultivated. The labor has already been put into it and is constantly being put into it. So the seed falls upon good soil. And it grows up for much fruit. Matthew 13, 23, Jesus says, But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So the good seed 
the good soil of that heart had been tilled, had been cultivated by being able to hear and understand. It had been trained to do that. And we must also do the same in our heart. We must train ourselves to hear God's voice in such a way that it goes into the good soil of the heart. Our heart is ready to receive it. It's not stony. It's not full of thorns and cares of the world and stresses. But it's ready to receive the word. Learn how to hear like your life depended on it. Like life and death were at stake where they truly are. A third way we learn to take heed of what we hear is hear for yourself. So hear with discrimination, hear with attention, and hear for yourself. Hear with personal application. 9 and 10. Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Hear for yourself. Let it be the word to you. Previously, in that story, the Lord had come to Samuel and called out to him, Samuel, Samuel. And every time he rose and went to Eli, Eli, you called for me. And he said, I didn't call for you, my son. And by the third time, Eli catches on to this and goes, it's the Lord speaking to you. Go lay down again. And when he calls, then say, Lord, your servant heareth. So we must learn to say, when the Lord speaks to us through preaching, through the word of God, Lord, I hear, speak, your servant listeneth to thee. Make it the word to you. You see the difference there. At first, Samuel thought it was the voice of Eli. His heart and his ears were untrained. Eli helped point him towards what to hear, how to hear, to cultivate. And now he received it as what it truly was, the word of the Lord. So as you hear preaching and your heart is pricked, the spirit begins to minister unto you. Say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Hear the voice of your shepherd. Also, hear uh, retentively. Hear retentively. Meaning, endeavor to remember the truth. Not only hear it goes in one ear and out the other, but Endeavor to remember that which you hear. Take it for yourself. Now that you have seen that it is for you, take it, own it. That is mine. Those promises belong to me as a child of God. That is my Jesus, my Savior, and his words I will take as my own. I will receive them. The way to do this is meditation on the word of God. Pursual and repursual of sermons you hear. The notes you take. We have the audio. We listen to it. Meditate on these things. Conference with one another about the things of the Lord. Meditate on the scriptures. Pursue a passage and then re-pursue it and then re-pursue it. Every time saying, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Hear it retentively that it might be thine. Hear it also with desire or faith, praying that the word may be blessed to you. Lord, grant me the faith to hear as I hear. It's a practice you can do as you hear sermons and you hear something 
that is so true. You hear the voice of your shepherd in it. Don't even wait till later. You don't have to take a note even as you're still listening. You can say, Lord, give that to me. Lord, make that mine. Let me take that. Let me have that promise. As you extend it, you don't have to wait till later. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Once we have recognized that it is God's word and not someone else's word speaking to us, and that it is not only just God's word, but it is God's word to you, then the promise of faith is given to us. Then we can take hold by faith. And then we can pray as the Father in the gospel in Mark 9.24 to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. It's a pretty simple process. God is speaking to you. Receive it as God's word. Receive it as, God, as God's word to you and ask for the faith to believe it. Very simple. We have a good God who has made it this way. Hear with desire or faith. Also hear practically. Hear practically. Obeying the exhortation which has come to you. Do not let that conviction that pricks your conscience a word, a turn of phrase, a scripture passage that catches your attention. Makes you go, I need to do that. I need to practice that. Don't let that slip away. Don't let it pass away unimproved. Improve it. Improve it. That's what the Puritans used to say many times. Improve means make use of it. Even in that moment, again, as you are hearing, make use of it. Lord, thank you for that word. Lord, I praise thee that thou hast given that word to me. Let it not slip from my mind, O Lord. Let me improve it. The Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples in John 14, 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. The apostle John wrote unto the elect lady and her children in 2 John verse 6, And this is love that we walk after his commandments. He identifies walking in God's love and God's truth as obeying him. As obeying him. We seek to obey him because we love him. So don't let those pricks of your conscience, don't let the wooing of the Holy Spirit go unimproved. Take hold of them now as you hear them. Take hold of them now as you hear them. Seek opportunities to obey it. Now that you have heard it, then seek to obey it. Seek to obey it. Because you can really feel fired up and feel like that's really for me. In the moment of a sermon. But also improve it. Thinking about it. So when the time comes. During this week. Ah now I have a chance to obey. Ah now I have a chance to see God's power working in my life. And again the distinction here we have to make. With all the talk of work salvation. Grace. Faith. Assurance. That it's nothing we can do. That it's all by God's grace. Yet we are still called to obey. We must remember that the call to obedience is so you can see God's power work in your life. It's not to try to now earn grace from God. To try to now make sure your salvation is secure by your good works. That's silly. And that distinction that we even have to make it oftentimes is, is silly. The real essence of it is that you get to see God work in your life now. You get to watch him move in your life and in your heart. That's exciting. That's thrilling to be a part of. Seek opportunities to obey it. 
Retain that which you hear. Hear it with faith. Hear it practically by obeying it. Remember this also. This hearing of God's word, preached, read, studied, is to be given not only to a set of favorite doctrines you have, but to the whole of the word of God. Psalm 119, 128, the psalmist says, Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. So we get our favorite pet doctrines that we're really interested in at the moment, and that's fine, that's good. But don't only listen to a sermon when I, speaking about my favorite doctrine, he's speaking again about this theme. Now you have my attention. If Christ be given in the sermon, listen. If Christ speaketh, hear. Take it as thine own. That's why topical and expositional preaching is so important. And so also you have to be topical and expositional hearers. Our second point. First, a command was given. Now, a proverb is given. What is that proverb? Jesus says, With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. Remember that in proportion as you give yourself to hearing, you shall gain by hearing. You will gain as much as you put into it. If you don't improve it and you leave it behind in the pew where you sat, why do you think your faith is weak? Why do you think you're not gaining any ground and growing in your knowledge of who God is experientially and in wisdom? It's because you have left it. You have not improved it. You have not done anything with it. So as much as we put into it, as much as we'll get back so far as our faith is concerned in hearing the word of God. And this is practically illustrated in the results of preaching. In the results of preaching. And this in a couple ways. Remember in the next verse, Jesus says that even those who hear not, those who have not, even that which they have shall be taken. So those who have no interest in the word find it uninteresting. (laughs) Very simple. Those who don't have an interest in the word to begin with find it uninteresting. It's boring. It's just the Bible again. And we can even fall into this as Christians. Give me something lively, entertaining, exciting. Something that's going to satisfy me while I'm here. Then put the work in. Claim it as your own. It's God's word to you. God is speaking here. So those who have no interest in it, have not cultivated an interest in it, shouldn't assume that they're going to now all of a sudden be interested in it. It's not interesting to those who do not find it interesting. So cultivate an interest through reading, through hearing, through prayer, through meditation on the word of God. Next, also, those who desire to find fault as they hear sermons are going to find fault. If you come into a sermon ready to find all of the faults, you're going to find fault. Syllable catchers, nitpickers, discernment to the detriment of the word preached. Discernment to the detriment of the word preached. Every single person misspeaks, and that includes preachers. That includes pastors. Now, it is our duty, it's my duty, to study and make sure I try not to misspeak, and I should misspeak less than others, but I will still misspeak. 
So going in ready to find all of those occasions where I misspeak, or anyone else does, of course you're not going to profit. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you. The author of a book I've been reading recently, which is called Interpreting Scripture with the Great Tradition, came to realize this after years and years of being at seminary. He went and got his doctorate. After being taught critical methods of interpretation, that the Scripture in the Old Testament can only apply to the people at that time. You have to interpret it only in its immediate context. You can't spiritualize it. Basically, you can't do what the New Testament does to the, the Old Testament. After years of that, he went to preach on Isaiah 53. He was called to preach on Isaiah 53 after taking his first pastorate. And he was going to preach it on um, Good Friday. And he got up there and he's studying. Or before he goes up there, he's studying. He's trying to do this. And his, his training had not allowed him to do this in good conscience. He said, I'm too educated to preach this. I'm too educated to preach this text. Let us not be critical of God's word. Let's not be nitpicking it. Let's not be so studied in some critical method that we can't even benefit from it. Also, neither let us be so doctrinally correct that we cannot hear Jesus. That we cannot even hear Jesus as he speaks to us in the scripture and in the preaching. We can be so doctrinally sound that we make no improvement of what we hear. Was, were all the T's crossed? All of the I's dotted? Oh, he gave the free offer of the gospel, but he forgot to every single time he gave the free offer of the gospel, also talk about the total depravity of man and God's election. You don't have to give a full systematic theology every time you talk about any aspect of systematic theology. That misses the point completely. We can be so doctrinally sound that we don't even see Jesus anymore. We see a system of belief. God is not a thing, a subject to be studied. He's a person to be known and loved we remember that and keep that constantly in mind as we hear sermons, as we read the scriptures, we'll be much better off. We'll be much better off. Because we can even get to the point where we look back in history, there's all these great revivals surrounded around what? The preaching of the scriptures. And God's spirit moved amongst his people. God's spirit brought in people through the preaching of the word, the preaching of the gospel. And we're so afraid sometimes, and rightfully so, we want to shun the Pentecostal movement, the charismatics, the charismaniacs who are doing crazy things and abusing the people of God and abusing the people who sit in their churches and abusing the scriptures. And we do want to shun away from that. Oh, God did a movement because there was a diamond found in the congregation during a worship song. Obviously, we want to shun that away. But we don't also want to go every time somebody says, man, the spirit was moving today. Man, my heart was wooed by the Spirit. God was there in a different way to this morning for me than he was usually. We don't then want to go, oh, but God always moves. God's sovereign. That's to be so doctrinally correct that you miss Jesus. You lock the door to your room, and now the bridegroom can't come into his bride. God does move amongst his people. We do have experiential faith. The Spirit does move in mighty ways and not the same. Let us hear Jesus. 
Another way that this proverb speaks to us and those who hear, there's those who have no interest in the word, they'll find no more interest because they're not interested. Those who find fault will surely find fault. And those who seek solid truth will be willing to learn it from any mouth that speaks it. Any minister that speaks it. Manton, Thomas Manton, famous Puritan, probably one of the greatest I have. His entire 22-volume set takes up an entire shelf. It's amazing. He's one of my favorites. Great preacher. Uh, William Bates, another Puritan who preached his funeral, said he never preached a mean sermon. Mean meaning uh, a bad sermon. He never preached a bad sermon. Well, I would disagree, and so does Thomas Manton. He says at least one of them was bad because there was an instance where Manton was invited to preach before the Lord Mayor, a very important man in the county, a very noble man, rich, authoritative, well-educated. So he chose a very difficult text to show his exegetical prowess. But there was also common people at this sermon. It wasn't only the educated and the elite. There were some common folk as well. And after he preached the sermon, a a farmer, just a common peasant came up and and rebuked him, essentially, complaining that he came to the sermon hungry and wanting spiritual food, and it was too intricate to even understand. He couldn't even grasp it because of the eloquence and that he had felt disappointed. Here was Thomas Manton's response. He said, friend, if I did not give you a sermon, you have given me one. And by the grace of God, I will never play the fool to preach before my Lord Mayor in such a manner again. Manton heard God's word through that plain preacher. He was called to give the sermon, yet he was the one that received one. He was the one educated and trained in Hebrew and Syriac and Latin and Greek and rhetoric and logic and systematic theology. And yet, this plain country preacher spoke to him. Somebody who is willing to hear God speak will hear God speak wherever he speaks. There's another instance. Ebenezer Blackwell was a rich banker in the 1800s. He was a zealous Methodist and a good friend of the Wesleys. He knew both John and Charles Wesley well. And he was asked, are you going to hear Mr. Wesley preached? Are you going to hear Mr. Wesley preach? One of his friends asked him. His response, he said, no, I'm going to hear God. I listen to him, whoever it is that preaches, otherwise I lose all my labor. So when you go to hear a sermon, when you listen to a sermon, expect to hear God speak and you will hear him. I listen to many other people outside of this denomination, if you want to call it, this this persuasion, Reformed Baptists. I don't only listen to Reformed Baptists. God can speak through an ass, He did in the scriptures, and he can speak through a plain preacher just as much as he can a well-educated man. He can speak through a Reformed Baptist just as much as he can through a Reformed Presbyterian or a dispensationalist. Let's be willing to hear God's word where it comes. Those who truly wish to hear God's word will hear it regardless of the mouth that speaks it. Also, those who hunger will find food. Those who hunger will find food. And John 6, if you want to turn there. John 6, 
verse 26 through 35. <clears throat> Jesus had just done this amazing miracle, feeding the 5,000. Now people are following him across the sea. Verse 25, it says, And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Oh, funny seeing you here again. Maybe there's more food. Oh, Jesus, wow. 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou thou work? He just fed them 5,000 people, plus men and, that was 5,000 men plus women and children with a lunchable. And now they're asking him, what are you going to do to prove this? Verse 31, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the, Son of, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So the hungry will find food, but the hungry have to come for the true food. If you come hungry for self-help, if you come hungry for head knowledge, if you come hungry to be justified in something you're thinking or doing, if you come hungry to hear a word for your neighbor, you will be fed nothing. You must come hungry for the food which Jesus giveth unto thy soul if thou art to have anything at all. Those who hunger will find food. Those who bring faith will receive assurance. What was the sin of the, Jew, the Jews in the desert? Hebrews 4.2 For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, the Jews in the desert. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We have to come with faith. If we bring faith, we will receive assurance. Lastly, in this section, those who come joyfully are made glad. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4-6, Apostle Paul says, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. So he says, this is how I know that you are elect of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. With the reception of God's word comes assurance and joy. So if you again come joyfully to the Lord's day, expecting to receive of the Lord by the Holy Ghost, the word unto a prophet of your soul, you will have more joy. Bring a joyful heart, a glad heart, an open and faithful heart, And you'll receive more joy, more assurance, more love. No man finds blessing by hearing error, nor by coming 
to the word careless, forgetful, or quibbling. Third, a promise we also hear. We heard a command, a proverb, and now a promise. He says, unto you that here shall more be given. Shall more be given. So you hear that here, you that are attending the Lord's day, who hear the word, will number one, have more desire to hear. Your appetite will grow. In the 1800s, a Perthshire landlord was, was rebuked by a Reverend Walker, who was a minister in Mutthill. Interesting name. The Lord, the landlord only attended one service a week. Even though there was two services on the Lord's Day and a midweek service, he only attended one in the morning on the Lord's Day. The landowner, meeting the minister on a Monday, explained to him that he had not been hearing him at the second service on the Lord's Day. I've only been coming to one service, he said. As he could not, his reason he gave was, I can't digest more than one sermon. This is what the reverend said. I rather think the appetite is at fault rather than, di- rather than the digestion. It's not that you're incapable. You're unwilling. You don't have an appetite to hear more of God's word. It's not that it, you can't digest it. You just don't even want it. So as we attend unto the, the word of the Lord and hear it more, we'll have more of a desire to hear it. We'll also have, secondly, more understanding of that which we hear. The more you hear, it's like practice, the more you hear sermons and train yourself to learn how to to listen to sermons and the word preached, the more you will understand what you hear. If I give you any aspect of systematic theology and you haven't studied systematic theology before, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense because you're not going to see how all the parts connect. So too in expositional preaching, topical preaching, as you attend on the Lord's Day, You'll see how all of these parts, the Christian faith is one united, beautiful thing. And all the pieces start to make sense, how they fit together. So as you hear, you'll understand more. You'll also be convinced more of the truth that you hear. As scripture is expounded week by week, and you are more attentive, these truths will become more evident. Things that you at one time thought, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure. But then you only attend once a month. Where are you going to learn? If you're not even listening to God speaking to you, why do you expect to understand his truths? Also, you'll have more personal possession of the blessings which you hear. You'll be able to say, these words are mine. These promises are for me. You'll also have more delight while hearing the glorious gospel. What is it said about our Lord Jesus Christ? In Matthew 12, 37, it says, the common people heard him gladly. They heard him gladly. So we, dear church, must become as common people. As common people, willing and ready to hear from Jesus. And then we will be delighted as we do so. We will have great delight in hearing from our Lord Jesus Christ as we seek to hear from our Lord Jesus Christ. Once we become common Sixthly, more practical benefit will be had from attending unto the word of God. If we make use of the little that we do have, God will increase it. So if you begin attending more services, if you begin attending 
and using the services that you do attend better and improving them and taking them as your own, as God's word to you, you'll begin to benefit more from the little that you do have. Lastly, let's make some applications. So number four, practical applications. Let us hear. Let us hear. Let us listen. It is your wisdom to know what God says. God is speaking. If he has something to say to you, and he's speaking to you through the preaching of the word, through the scriptures, let's listen. Hear then, therefore. Know your Bible. Hear the preaching. Don't waste it. The more trained you are in this, on your own, the more able you will be to hear the sermon, to hear the word preached, and benefit from it. Let us not only hear, but hear well. God's teaching, God's word, deserves the deepest attention we can possibly give it, if God is speaking. And guess what? It will repay such consideration. It will repay such consideration. If you put the time into it, and you really believe that if God is speaking to me, I better listen, it will repay. I, I know many people in here, and, and it's people all over the place, who can probably quote verbatim lines from the new Star Wars movie. Just came out. Seen it once. Seen it once. Can quote it. Yet, they cannot remember a single line from the sermon they heard last week. What is wrong with you? It's, be, it's that you're not listening. It's that you're not hearing your Lord Jesus Christ speak. You're hearing Star Wars speak. You have to change your heart. How you think about hearing God's word. So take God's word seriously. Listen with deep awe and reverence as he speaks. Hear, hear well, and also hear often. Waste no Sabbath day. Waste no Lord's day. Nor any of the other services. Use the midweek service. Use the Friday night service. Use conference with one another. Use the podcasts you listen to and the sermons you listen to. Truly use them. Don't just hear them, but hear them well. Hear them well, and also hear often. Again, the problem is not with your digestion. It's with your appetite. Hear, hear well, hear often, and hear better. You will grow the holier thereby. You will grow closer to God thereby by hearing better. You will find heavenly joy by hearing with faith. By faith, attention, and due diligence, you will grow. There is a formula here. Hear God's word. Listen to it. Take it for your own by faith. And then obey it. And do this often, and you'll grow close to your Lord Jesus Christ. It's pretty simple. We are the ones that make it complex. We are the ones that add in our sin, and our carelessness, and our laziness, and our unwillingness. And that's what complicates it. That's what complicates it. It is not hard to hear God speak. 
We must simply go, Lord, speak, thy servant heareth. A good test, again, doesn't just have to be the Star Wars. It can be any other topic of interest. We can list all of these facts about something that doesn't matter, but we can't list many facts about the scriptures, about the attributes of God. The attributes of God, the one who made you, the one who redeemed you if you be a Christian. Yet you cannot list his attributes? You cannot list things about what Christ has done in the atonement and how that worked? Very foolish to your own soul. Simply balance. Simply balance these things out and you'll see where you need improvement. If this, is, if this really is the word of God, my people, then this is really important. God speaks to you, listen, and you will be blessed. It's not a chore. If you view it as a chore, if you view coming to church as a chore and hearing sermons as a chore and something I just have to do, of course you're not benefiting. Of course you're not growing your faith. You're bound. You're in chains of your own design. But if you come to it thinking God is speaking, this is a blessing that he has given, an opportunity that people don't even have. And I will hear, Lord, as thou speakest to thy servant. Show me Christ. I must have Christ. Give me more. The vision I have had of him, the experience I have had with him, is not sufficient to continue on. I must have more. The way you do this is by hearing well. Is by hearing well. Take heed, therefore, dear church, how you hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I once again come before thee and ask, Lord, that thou would bless this preaching to thy people, to mine own heart. O Lord, how many sermons that I have preached have I wasted? Lord, we ask for thy help. We thank thee for this day and ask for thy guidance by the Holy Spirit. We love thee and praise thee. In Jesus' name. Amen.